Food Service knows you have a lot to balance at your senior living operation. Our soups are crafted with ingredients you'd be proud to serve, and we have options for diets like reduced sodium, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan. Find your balance at campbellsfoodservice.com, sponsored by Campbell's Food Service. Hi there, and welcome to Dig In, a podcast from Food Service Director Magazine. I'm Kelsey Nash, Managing Editor of Food Service Director. In today's episode, Senior Editor Pat Kobe and I talk the changing tastes of senior living with Mark Southern, who's an AVP of Food and Beverage at V Living, a high-end senior living community with locations across the country. Thanks so much for being with us today, Mark. We really appreciate your time. Um, just to kind of get started, could you give our listeners a little overview of V Living and what's going on over there? V Living is a luxury provider of senior housing. We are a relatively small company, forty uh, second in terms of scale on the on the list of you know sort of senior living providers. Uh, Ten communities nationwide, um, but they're all much larger communities. So um, a little bit different. Uh, we are an owner operator of communities. Uh, we don't we don't lease facilities from others, and um, our communities are all really in the luxury category first and foremost. And then secondarily, we're a little different in that we're a for profit class A CCRC, which is a continuing care residential community. Um, so consequently, we have all forms of uh, continuum of care from independent living uh, on through a, a care center environment, which would include acute, um, acute care, assisted living facility, skilled nursing facility, as well as memory support. So uh, it's uh, our split of residents, about 75% independent living, and about mm-hmm. 25% are in some form of uh, some form of care with us. How many cities are you in? Uh, we're really in about eight cities with 10 mm-hmm. locations. So we okay. run primarily around the, well, in the southern U.S., the, the warmer climates. Mm-hmm. Um, we run all the way from Florida, where we have three communities, one in Naples, two in two north of Miami, mm-hmm. one in Aventura, one in Montana, uh, Hilton Head Island, South Carolina. Then we come across Chicago. And then we move quickly to Denver, so another cold weather-ish climate. And then two in Scottsdale, Arizona, and then one in Southern California, La Jolla, and one in Palo Alto, another California. Uh, we talk a lot about, in non-commercial food service, kind of the shift away from the three square meals, people mm-hmm. wanting to eat at all different times of day. They want snacks when they want them. They want breakfast for dinner, all sorts yeah. of things. Is that something that you're seeing at your locations? Absolutely, it's starting to it's starting to creep in. It's starting to come. You know, one of the um, one of the challenges that we have in, in, in our particular company, it's maybe a little bit unique to us, is that the boomers are just starting to arrive in our communities. Uh, our, our residents do skew a little bit older than national averages into um, in the, into the independent living environments, um, it's, and that's just because a lot of our residents, because of their socioeconomic position, have been able to stay in their homes longer and made that choice. Um, but yes, we are starting to see a huge uh, number of requests and they're coming kind of as the residents arrive, their newest residents arrive. We, of course, still have a traditionalist or silent generation base in our communities and they're still about the three square meals. Um, but we're, uh, we're, we're absolutely getting in front of that because one of the challenges we, you know, that we have as a, as a provider is ensuring that we're relevant for our next customer. So... Uh, in a previous life, when I was in the hotel industry, we saw this shift from boomers and Gen X to now millennials arriving. Mm-hmm. And so you really need to make sure you had this, um, an, op- an offer that the, was appropriate for millennials within your within the hotel building that then was not irrelevant to this other generation that was still your, your base of customers. And the nice thing is, and we're kind of in a similar situation, generations are different. It's making sure the traditionalists are still well taken care of, that they have all the things that are important to them. Well, we introduce some hooks, particularly around meal service, menuing, uh, that are 
are more appropriate for the boomers. So are you changing the configurations of like your eating venues? Or, or do you have more grab and go or are you doing, you know, more yeah. flexible meal times? All of the above. And, mm-hmm. and we're, our communities tend to run on about a seven to 10 year master planning cycle. So one of the challenges you have is while we may have renovated some community last year or, or doing something right now, the shelf life of that has to be pretty far out in the future. And we know that if we're doing something today, seven years from now, we will see a pretty significant shift in our population base and our and our customer base. So we're building, uh, ensuring that the bones are built properly so we have flexible spaces. So while we might not be putting in um, almost a QSR type venue, we're building it such that it could become that at some point in the future. So right now, the closest thing we would have to really a very, very, very casual is coffee bars and bake stations and and, uh, and great coffee experiences, kind of coffee, um, little coffee shops. Uh, and those we anticipate could be morphed into something that's more QSR based in the future if, it, if that's warranted. One of the one of the things that we're very cognizant of is each of our communities are very different. As you as we said a minute ago, from a geographic perspective, we're very different, and and each of them has their own character. We we have not endeavored to be the ubiquitous cookie cutter chain. That's not us. Um, each of the communities has a unique um, architecture, a unique sort of uh, resident base. You can you would imagine from being on the Stanford campus in Palo Alto, you would have a very different customer than you might have in South Florida in uh, in North Miami. So I think it's it's really incumbent upon us to look at each individual opportunity and each individual uh, community as unique and understand what those capabilities and needs are going to be. You mentioned the boomers coming into senior mm-hmm. living. What sort of demands around the menu do they have? What are they looking for? So even going back to the last question of you know what are we changing? So uh, bars we've always had sort of lounges. We've always had um, liquor service in our communities. We've got uh, currently 13 bars in the, in the 10 communities, so some, some have more than one. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so we're seeing a, a shift into food service in the bars. So if you think about, um, you know, what has become sort of the bar food offer that's, you know, somewhat... Um, out of the marketplace, our boomers that are arriving to the communities are very well traveled. They've been to they, they've they've um, they, they've been out in the restaurant scene a lot, um, and candidly, the the Instagram ability of food has not you know left them alone. It's, it's come from their grandchildren, their children potentially, and in their world. So consequently, we're really moving into, into bar spaces with shareable plates, with small plates on oh. top us, um, things that are quick but high quality. So maybe it's a really high quality sugar. Platter that again, we don't have kitchens typically near our bars. So, from a, from a structural standpoint of how you operate, um, we want to make sure that the, the, it's high quality food but can be done efficiently. So, maybe a charcuterie platter is ready to go, and we've got to just place fresh fruit, um, maybe some fig jam or bacon jam or something, and, and it can finish that and go. It could be that it's um, uh, even you know uh, flatbreads that are being done in in, uh, in radio microwave ovens that are just you know quick service type items, but we are seeing a really interesting shift in that direction as well as the bar offer. So bars have still you know have, we still center on wine and cocktails. Beer is never a mover in the in the senior world, at least for the most part. We've got a few instances of some local crafts having some interest, uh, but we're seeing a real craft or a real craft cocktail culture uh, coming into the communities where people want and, and request higher quality spirits, uh, well made, well thought out beverages, and, uh, and nice wine offers. 
So what time of day are they coming into the bar? Is it mostly still happy hour mm-hmm. time? Yeah, very much so, yeah. So it's uh, things you find in senior living is that it's, it's a very social community. And certainly that we find that, uh, you know, they want to socialize. And, and, and meal time, and, and we're, re- we're a one meal a day provider. So our, our offer at the communities is that dinner is generally the meal that they would want. It's, mm-hmm. um, it's where they have the most choices. Uh, and they tend to come down and, and want to start their evening socializing um, in the bar uh, in one of our one of our venues, and then they'll move on to dinner and may visit the bar again sometimes. But oftentimes, uh, at least for our company, and, and this is not atypical, there's so many activities that are available. Mm-hmm. From Ooh. we're building movie theaters, very high quality movie theaters. Um, you know, it, it could be. Uh, that our it, it could be that our people have to uh, dine a little bit more quickly, and that's something we started to hear in a place like Palo Alto, where on the campus on any given night there might be three or four, you know, kind of events that are of huge, you know, mm-hmm. of interest, and oftentimes those events are you know Nobel laureates speaking and things that people really have a deep interest in, um, and so that was actually where we came to really you know with a different bar offer and food was what we heard from our from our resident, our customer was, I don't always want a full, you know, sort of five course or four course meal. There are nights when we want to be somewhere, you know, outside of the walls of the building. Mm -hmm. Um, And again, 75% independent residents, um, most of them still drive. If not, we provide, you know, literally limousine transportation or or, um, high quality bus transportation that we own um, to go to these events. And we'll organize. And so they want to be out. And so they wanted a quick meal. They wanted something that was a little bit lighter. They wanted they wanted to get dinner still at 530 or six and not sit for an hour and a half and then, you know, brush to something else. So it was really listening to the consumer and starting to understand what their mm-hmm. needs were. And again, the same consumer that dined in the bar last night, you know, on, on small plates and, and, uh, and shareables tomorrow night somebody's anniversary and they're going to be in our fine dining restaurant um you know enjoying a five course meal with you know curated wines and and um, and you know uh, composed plates are you exploring more ethnic cuisines too like at the bar you mentioned flatbreads but are you doing um like are they looking for more ethnic cuisines than they were in the past Yes, and like the rest of America and the world, I think, more authentic mm-hmm. um, ethnic cuisine. So where our traditionalists, our silent generation um, residents might be satisfied with, let's lump Asian or, you know, or Chinese restaurants, and it's certainly the heyday of, of when they were dining out. Mm-hmm. Um, now our residents that are, that, are, that are moving in are looking for, you know, they want sub-regions. They're looking for authentic Vietnamese, or they want Szechuan. They, they prefer something a little more um, local. Um, and authentic, and so we're having to understand that. We're fortunate; we do a lot of training uh, in our in our culinary departments. I just took all of our chefs to Seattle uh, okay. a couple weeks ago. Uh, all ten chefs, and one of the it was it was a, not a lot of it was cooking. Candidly, we've done the CIA visits, and we have a deep relationship with College of America. This was more about um, trying to think about our, our next generation of consumers, just as we're speaking about. But one thing we did as kind of a fun getaway was we uh, we did a dumpling class, an Asian dumpling class, oh, nice. and we had a, um, a chef who had lived in. Um, Hong Kong for 10 years and she was able to you know really help us understand because my chefs don't have none of them have um, Asian residencies or, or experiences in their background um, and so consequently this was something we you know something we can inspire them with and, and show them that there was this myriad of flavors they needed to really as we looked at doing something like that 
uh, we need to be a little more authentic in it. Is delivery something you do at all? We do. Um, you'll find that in senior communities, delivery is required sometimes. Uh, but often, uh, we do it two ways, much like hotels um, are doing nowadays. You can call, have it delivered to your residence, um, and it's casual. It's not, um, you know, it's, it's not rolling trays in the hallways with hot boxes. Um, it's it's more casual. It's bag delivery, or oft, more often than not, um, we have residents that come down, put their menu, put their menu requests together, and then pick up somewhere between 4.30 and 5.30, depending on the community. So yeah, and that could be 10, 15% on a given night. Oh wow. A lot of it's driven by what's going on around town. Um, as I said, you know, I think the hardest thing, you know, and I'm new to senior living, but I think the hardest thing you, you sort of have to is check all of your preconceived notions of senior living at the door nowadays. Um, that our residents are living independently. They want to come and go as they please. They still go out for dinners. They still want to go see events. They still have friends that don't, you know, happen to live in the same building or on the same compound, complex. Um, and so consequently, you know, there's a lot of that movement. So they may say, listen, we're going to be out during dinner time. We're going to be out until 8, 8.30 tonight. We'll just grab our dinner, you know, ahead of time. We're going to order lunch and, and then we'll have dinner later when we come back tonight. So yeah, I think it's you're just seeing a real cross section of society, you know, moving into our communities, and and so, um, but they mirror the the greater trends out there that the boomers have been living for the last you know 25 mm-hmm. years of their lives. So speaking of that, vegetarianism is really you know growing among mm-hmm. that generation. So are you seeing more vegetarians or vegans coming seeing in? More dietary requests <laughs> in, across all right. across all sort of uh, desires. Um, we're fortunate to operate at a, at a caliber where um, I, I do have amazing chefs, executive sous chefs, sous chefs. We still have pastry chefs at every location. Mm. So, you know, we're a scratch kitchen. So we can really um, tailor our cuisine and our offer to ensure that we are able to facilitate dietary requirements and preferences. Our chefs almost exclusively sit down with new residents when they arrive and understand what their preferences are and what uh, what restrictions they may already have in place. If there are changes in their life, we, we, we visit that again. Mm-hmm. Um, in a care center environment where, again, the smaller subset of our residents reside, uh, that's a three-meal-a-day environment and a medical environment. And so consequently, some, some of them are on required diets, but more often than not, it's really about preference over there still. And so we have nutrition services managers who help on the dietary side and, uh, and then allergens and, and just ensuring that portion sizes are correct. And mm-hmm. we're documenting, making sure that the that, that environment is well taken care of from a medical perspective. But really, it's mostly preferences. Mm-hmm. Um, there are, you know, there's a few folks who say, I absolutely, doctor says I have to. But more often than not, it's it's the it's the veganism. It's vegan. It's it's, and it's now it's paleo. Now it's uh, you know it's keto. I mean, fill in the blanks. Everything right. that you've read in you know your local uh, food blog, we're experiencing. And so, um, our our chefs and our culinary teams are truly amazing at having those conversations and ensuring that our breadth of menu offer is available. We operate much more really like a resort environment with restaurants so make reservations mm-hmm. digital menu digital much like an open table type platform it's uh, tied into some apps we have some internal apps uh, that most residents have on their personal devices uh, or computers um, they make reservations uh, let us know when they want to come how many they're bringing any special occasions they're you know going to celebrate um, we obviously know them and, and know what might be coming up so we'll oftentimes you know 
push them towards a birthday party coming up. If you're, we know your birthday's next month, and we'd like to help you plan that if that's something you want to do. We have happy to accommodate. Um, so our menus have a very uh, a large you know, sort of breadth of offer, mm-hmm. and we have the luxury of having multiple restaurants. So. Our most upscale restaurant in a community, again, more towards composed plates, more towards a sort of price fix offer with many, many choices of appetizers and soups and, and, and salads and on through entrees and desserts, uh, but lots of choice in there. But we tend to, that tends to be more of a, like I say, our composed plate restaurant, our most upscale. Then we move into a little more casual, which is still upscale, but we give more choice. Mm-hmm. So again, if you're really looking to build the menu items yourself or you have individual preferences, that might be a better place. And then we have bistros oftentimes, which are very, a little more casual um, and have very sort of approachable fare. Um, in the end, it's about choice for our residents. Mm-hmm. And, you know, even though, and I think this is mirrored in the greater society, while somebody may say I'm gluten free, they still may not always eat that way every sure. single day, <laughs> you know, right. for whatever reason. So mm-hmm. I think that just, that we just have to have lots of choice. So at the bar, do you usually have a vegetarian choice too? I know a lot, you, you mentioned charcuterie plates and mm-hmm. other, you know, um, yeah, small platters. Plates. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, mm-hmm. again, I think we we're very careful to ensure that every menu that we put out, every menu that whether it's a bar, or it's a bistro, whether it's even just a coffee kiosk, you know, that has a sandwich and, and maybe um, salad selection, that there's lots of choice. Mm-hmm. Um, we see. Um, we see a lot of push into provenance of food, local, and that then manifests itself in, in terms of um, authentic. Uh, but there is, I should I call it a farm-to-table movement in the in senior living at this point. But it, there is a there is a preference for knowledge of food. I think it runs more towards cleanliness and transparency than it does, you know, knowing the farm it came from. We're not getting as much of that as we are. Um, that in a particular market they might want a Bell and Evans chicken or something, or, 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 or you know, again, in some of our communities it might be um, that we that we really do partner with um, with kosher butchers and sure. things just to make sure that we're out, we have an offer that is appropriate, um, culturally appropriate and, and ethically appropriate for, for our residents because they're they're a wide swath of hum, of humanity, mm-hmm. you know, from all walks of life. Sure. Are you using any of the imitation meats at all? We are. Yeah. We're on some Beyond. Okay. Um, yeah, and it's been well received. Oh, great. Um, yeah, the Beyond brought uh, is actually in, the, in one of the bar offers. Oh, um, cool. Yeah, so it's been well received. I, you know, I think it's, um, I, I think it's here to stay. I think you know what what degree we see it in. I think will be interesting to to, to watch across all, all you know sort of all culinary. Um, but there is an increased demand and increased awareness of just. Um, uh, of the, the the need to sort of change some things we're doing, and in my experience in speaking with our residents, and, and particularly as the boomers arrive and, and we get more and more boomer residents, there's somewhat of an acknowledgement that that we kind of, you know we we helped create the problems that the world might have today, however you perceive those to be, um, and so there's always there is discussion with us about how do we how do we help be better at that. So each of our each of our communities has dining committees and, and feedback processes um, that, that we then work with on our culinary front of house teams, um, and so that th- those are bubbling up more and more. You know, just how do we how do we be better stewards in all ways? So now that we're moving into winter, I know some of your communities are in 
the South, so mm-hmm. this doesn't really apply to them. But <laughs> yeah. are, there, um, are you serving more comfort foods? Does your menu change seasonally? Menus change really almost daily. Mm-hmm. There's always some core items that, again, they're that consistency. So, yes, absolutely. You know, very seasonal. Um, we're really uh, aware of produce cycles, I think, especially for us, because there is a there is a high uh, degree of interest in, in again, fresh produce. Um and for example, in, in Denver Highlands Ranch, um, you know, as we move through the season, there are indigenous products to the Denver, you know, the Rocky Mountain region, um, peaches and other things and corn that they really, you know, they're waiting for that season to start and they know it starts mm-hmm. and they know when it is. Mm-hmm. They're down at their local grocery store picking up their breakfast items or, you know, coffee or whatever they want. Um, and, and then we're getting the request to make sure that we've got those those same products and can offer them. So, yes, we do promotions around all, all the seasons. And absolutely, even though it's still warm in Phoenix relative to the, those of us in Chicago, um, there's still a winter season. And people still want to kind of dress a little darker. And, you know, but they, <laughs> they want to put on a coat even though it's, you know, still 60. But um, absolutely. But it's it's all seasons. So mm-hmm. it's it's really um, just ensuring that we're relevant and that there's that, that, that kind of Connection to, to season, um, you know, we see um, our residents just really embrace um, change slowly and, and somewhat consistency. You can't, with the senior population, you can't throw you know massive change at, at the at the population. It's not well received. But what you can do is tell the story of of local, of seasonal, of why why these you know sort of um, foods are relevant. We just finished up uh, a, a kind of a living well, which is one of our pillars, um, promotion, if you will, where we went to our residents and asked for some of their favorite to healthier mm. recipes, worked with them to scale them and make them appropriate for, for service, um, and then gave credit back to the residents who, you know, this this was something that they either, that uh, it was a food or something, could have been a dessert or, or something else that, that they felt had been a part of their life and had helped them, you know, live a better life, whether it was just something that was family related, culturally related, related, or it was a healthier item that they just, you know, loved and, and they transitioned from making it with beef to, you know, ground turkey or something. So there's a lot of those kinds of discussions. It's one of the nicer things in senior living is you, you do get to have lengthier conversations with your customer. Sure. Right. They're with you. And so, mm-hmm. you know, there really has to be this um, and, and create variety and interest in what is their home. You know, it's incumbent upon us to be very aware of how we continue to be differentiated um, to a lot of special events. We do a lot of surprise like wine and, and wine and food pairings. Mm-hmm. Um, we'll do bourbon flights um, you nice. know, in a bar with with, um, with the mousse-bouche size, you know, uh, culinary items to, to really highlight our culinary capability. And Canada, like the last bourbon tasting I went to in Florida, or take it back in, in South Carolina, it was over half women, you know, so mm-hmm. stereotype, you know, we stereotype naturally, um, but no, it was very well received and they were having a great time with just, you know, a really interesting flight of bourbons and rice um, and uh, an amazing food to, to really complement it and bring it up. I'm curious, what has surprised you about senior living? It's probably more related to our um, our company and our and who our clientele or who our, who our customers are. Um, it's the high level of expectation of you know beautiful plates, 
Um, and again, kind of going back to that almost Instagram ability of food that they even they now you see them and they're not they're not they're not generally snapping pictures of food and <laughs> posting. I, I, I they, they're not going that far, but beautiful plates still matter and good looking food mm-hmm. um, that still tastes good. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think probably the other surprise is how important true comfort foods still are for the generation. And I think we're going to see that continue with boomers that even though we'll be doing a healthier version of mac and cheese or turkey dinner, um, those items still resonate. And we, you know, we're careful to make sure that we still have comfort food. Um, and you know, even as simple as chicken noodle soup or tomato soup and grilled cheese sandwiches sometimes, you know, as an offer. Now, the same night, you could probably get filet and you could get a, you know, mm-hmm. lobster tail or something else. But it's surprising how much comfort food um, and simple food. And I think, you know, we, we, you know, I think we do a nice job of being able to bring comfort food done well. You know, again, it's not just a, a grilled cheese sandwich and a bowl, you know, uh, we're going to do it, you know, really nice tomato. Uh, tomato basil soup and we're going to do you know on, a, on an artisan bread with four you know with four cheeses we're going to do something fun and really interesting uh, but it does still resonate um, and I think that's just us as Americans in general we associate mm-hmm. food with you know sort of social events and good times and sometimes food is associated with just being at home with the, you know our best friends Anything else you'd like our listeners to know about V and what's going on on the menu there? Um, you know, just know that senior living is changing tremendously. And I think, again, for somebody who came from the outside, from the hotel side of things, in uh, um, hospitality, it is these communities are much more like small hotels um, and, and boutiques, many of them at this point. It's such a, such a dynamic industry. And and one that we know, you know, just statistically can't help but grow. There's such a need out there for um, senior living accommodation um, environments, and it's all going to be changing. It's um, sort of your your grandma's if you've gone to the places that smelled like cleaning solution. And other, you know, we all have we all have a negative perception of that of the, of the industry, and um, it's dramatically changed. And you know, we we. We believe we're the leadership side of that. We think we're very fortunate, and we're fortunate to deal in the, the sort of strata of the market in which we do operate. But at the same time, uh, that is flowing all through all levels of senior living, and it's just becoming a very dynamic environment. And, the, and it's being driven by the customer. Mm-hmm. They're just not willing to sort of check it all at the door. They want experiences, just like the ho- you know the hotel guests that I was dealing with and other places. Seniors are no different. They want they want to still live, and experiences matter. And you know, experiences for us can be brought through great food and beverage offers. It still matters. So, looking ahead, maybe you know, two years down the line, um, what direction are you going to continue in or innovate in? It'll be more menu choice. I see us moving away from three squares. Um, you know, really, I think it goes back to what we would have said about millennial dining just a few years ago, which was, I want it when I want it, and I want what I want when I want it. Mm-hmm. And so how do we as operators and, and culinarians begin to figure out how to execute great quality food and, you know, delivered in, in, in unique ways and places and in unique um you know, different different than we might have always assumed. Um, I see more um, high quality ethnic food on demand. Mm-hmm. Um, I see us moving into a lot more choice, um, and just being able to facilitate that again—the desire 
Um, and we've got to come up with different, you know, that, that has different infrastructure demands. It has different service demands. And so we've got to be better suited to ensuring that we can deliver great quality food and great, great service um, in a different way, in a different place, in a different time than we might have expected in the past. I think we got to dictate it before. You know, I think that's something that in our industry we've been able to dictate what meal times were, et cetera, uh, what was on the menu, and that's going to change. We'll continue to change. Great. Well, thanks so much, Mark. Thank you. Appreciate your time. Absolutely. Appreciate coming in. Thank you. Campbell's Food Service knows you have a lot to balance at your senior living operation. Our soups are crafted with ingredients you'd be proud to serve, and we have options for diets like reduced sodium, gluten-free, vegetarian, and vegan. Find your balance at campbellsfoodservice.com. Sponsored by Campbell's Food Service.